0: Welcome into Tailgate. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner, live from sunny Cincinnati, ready to rip it up, talk some ball here. Tyreek Hill traded to the Miami Dolphins in a span of like an hour and a half. Obviously, trade discussions had been happening before. I think it was first Ian Rapport of NFL Media that reported the news that there were going to be some discussions between the Chiefs, Dolphins, and Jets. Before we get into that, go ahead. It was actually Eric Eager who tweeted out the eyeball emoji first. Was so. it really?
1: Yeah. If we're, if, we're, if we're really saying who had it first, it might have been Eric in house.
0: Interesting. So... Before Doctor. we get into that, I, ha- I have to highlight a handful of things here. One, I have a funny story from the, the Hutchinson project. So we're working on Hutch, four-part podcast series with Aiden Hutchinson that comes out in April. And I've been interviewing a ton of people. Shout out to our Director of Communications, David Zofaro, who has been the man behind every single interview. We've interviewed over 50 people now for this project, and he's been booking every single one. Uh, really created this entire thing. So he's been a big part of this. And he was on this call, actually, this joke that I do have here. Um, so we're interviewing ESPN's Chris Fowler who I'm not an idiot, right? I, I know who Chris Fowler is. I you know have <laughs> watch College Game Day for as long as I can remember. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Chris Fowler's and his coverage of college football and have heard his voice and all that stuff. I am coming off a full day of interviewing Aiden Hutchinson. My, my brain is like largely poop, like mush, yeah. going into this Tuesday interview with Chris Fowler. And on that same day, I'm going to read the people I've talked to. Shout out it again to David Safaro. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, Kirk Street. Ben Herbert, which is the strength and conditioning coach of Michigan. And even today, I talked to Marty Smith of ESPN, Dan Deardorff, David Pollock, and then the offensive line coach for Penn State. My brain is on fry mode. That's not an excuse for the, for the error that I do make. So Chris Fowler and I are talking before, and David far was on the Zoom call as well, are talking before we start recording. And again, I'm like kind of working through the motions, looking at my questions and all that stuff. And, you know, generally in this project, I'm asking a lot of the same things, right? It's a lot about Aiden Hutchinson. It's about his family and his perception of the season, all this shit. Chris at that point says, "Hey, thanks." You know, I say, "Thanks for setting aside some time." You're the man, whatever. And he says, "Yeah, I'm supposed to be calling some tennis right now, but you know, some games got moved around or whatever." And I said, "Oh, are you a big tennis fan, Chris?" And he kind of sits there and and pauses. And immediately, as I say it, I know I fucked up. Like, and that's a swear word going to St. Jude's, but like that, I knew I did something wrong. And I immediately started like googling his name. Anyway, he's in silence, trying to like mutter how to even respond. David Safaro throws me a life raft, comes off of mute and says, oh, Chris, because then he says, oh, you're not a big tennis fan, huh? And then Dave says, like, no, he's not, but I am. I love the Wimbledon or whatever the hell the tennis <laughs> matches are and all this stuff. And then I like, end up saying, like, I'm so sorry. Like, That's totally on me. Like, I, I feel like such an asshole. Like, I, I'm not a big tennis fan, unfortunately. And he's like, buddy, I've called 50 grand slams. <laughs> 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 I've called 50 grand slams. And I'm like, I, I honestly, at that point, I, I remember I sent a voice oh, message man. to Dave right after. And I was like, Was it me or you had the low light of their career, asking Chris Fowler if he was a tennis fan? That was easily the low light, or at least one of the low lights of my interview career with Fowler. It was tough. If slash win I I see Chris in person, I'm going to vehemently apologize, get on my knees and apologize, because that was so bad, so unprofessional. But I hope he understands one day. He hates you. I was actually in a
1: similar situation last week on a radio hit, and I was doing, I think it was Cleveland, um, some station in Cleveland. They asked me, and during the thing they transitioned from going from talking about free agency to talking about the draft. And one of the co hosts is like, Do you watch the draft prospects? Are you like familiar with these guys? Oh no. And I'm like So you're on the other end. I'm on the other end. And I'm like, I don't know how to handle it and I come off sounding like a huge douche. I'm like, Yeah, that's my job And like the way I said it was almost like in that in between of like I was just trying to tell him that's my job. But saying, Yeah, that's my job to him probably made it sound like I was being a massive douche.
0: Yeah, guy. that's, I mean, he did tough. not come, I'll say this, you, you know, he did not come off like a douche. I came off like a douche. Chris Fowler had every right to be like, I called 50 grand slams. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty insane. Only a handful of other things to update before I get the Tyreek Hill news. One, the chain comes in tomorrow. I'm going to be wearing a gold chain on Monday. We'll and rock, I get the tattoo. mine too. We'll the tattoo is either. tomorrow. I get the tattoo tomorrow. So Monday I'm going to be looking different. Absolutely oh, different no. on the Monday podcast. Is that, then, is that th- a picture
1: of the chain? They're up on the. That YouTube? is the picture of the
0: chain. That Oh, we threw it up on YouTube. If you're watching live on YouTube, I'm getting that chain. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a cool it's a chain. Gold chain. Someone, it's someone a... DM'd me and was like, you got to get a Cuban link. I don't know if that's a Cuban link, but that's the one I'm getting. And nice. I'm excited about it. Hey. It's uh, going to be fun. But the other thing is, I tweeted about Kayvon Thibodeau recently, and I was going back and watching his film. And I I came on and said, I was like, I just don't understand. And the floor for him should honestly be five overall with the Giants. And a lot yeah. of people respond and say, are you kidding me? The floor should be the Jets at four. And, you know, there's no way the Jets pass him. There's no way the Houston Texans should pass on him. And I think a lot of people are in agreement that five should be the farthest he goes. Right now, on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet under five and a half. So will he be a top five pick at plus 130? Like, I think there's value there. I just don't see how both New York teams who... Yeah. If you are going to lean into this analysis that have come from a lot of people that he is a boomer bust prospect and he's got to improve a lot of things and you're drafting him for what he could be, why wouldn't it be one of the two teams that have two top ten picks, right, to go after a Kayvon Thibodeau when they know they have, obviously, other, other top ten picks in that draft? I do think it'd be stunning, absolutely stunning, to see him get past the Jets and the Giants. Here's the thing, though, for both
1: those teams. They both need tackle, too.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, they have both have two top ten picks, but
1: Carolina also needs tackle. So if the Giants are picking... They're going to lean tackle first, then edge with their second one if they keep those two picks. And then the Jets, the tackle class, we've said this, they might go before gone by pick 10. So both those teams I think could be looking, you know, if Evan Neal is on the board, Iggy Kwanu, Charles Cross, if those guys are on the board there, I think that's what you would address first and then wait to pick 10 because maybe the difference in their eyes between Kayvon Thibodeau versus Trayvon Walker, the Georgia edge, Mm -hmm. or – Jermaine Johnson yeah. the Florida State Edge might not be that much yeah
0: I, I think that's right I think the only counter I have to that is if say I know right now Aiden Hutchinson the Michigan defensive end is the favorite to go number one overall but say you know there was some rumors that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make a push for Tron Armstead they didn't and some people are assuming that Cam Robinson with the franchise tag is going to move to left tackle you don't pay him that much to not play him at left tackle whatever but he's if they don't left tackle. huh he's been left tackle. No, or, or say you're keeping at left tackle uh-huh. but if they don't Like, there's still a chance, obviously, that the Jags go tackle. And if they do, and then you see, say, the Texans also go tackle, and then the Jets go tackle, the Giants can be in a position where Kayvon Thibodeau is the best player available. And even if they do have this tackle need. So, anyway, you can bet it at plus 130. I think there's value there. That's the only other part of the catch and earlier buzz I had. Before we get to, obviously, the Monster News, what everyone's turning into the YouTube right now, Tyreek Hill. Traded to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, or no, Tyreek Hill traded from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins in, in what was, I think, stunned a lot of people, right? Yeah. You, you have, you know, no one thought, saw this going in. Everyone already felt that the Kansas City Chiefs were reeling as the AFC West added talent. The Chargers added Justin Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Khalil Mack, the Raiders added Devontae Adams, uh, the Broncos added Russell Wilson. You'd think that the Chiefs would be trying to match that, put in a position where Tyreek Hill wanted a lot of money and they weren't willing to offer it, they give him this opportunity to seek trade conversations and ultimately have two deals done. How I heard it, and I think is how it was ultimately reported, is that they had deals done with the Jets, and they had deals done with the Miami Dolphins, and they gave Tyreek Hill the opportunity to I'm pick. Sure. Yeah. Tyreek Hill's a Florida guy. That he spends the offseason in Miami. The choice, obviously, was easy for him. So the Kansas City Chiefs end up getting picked 29 and 50 in a handful of day three picks. I think it's a two fourth-rounders and a sixth-rounder. Uh, in exchange for Tyreek Hill and the opportunity, I always say this, and the opportunity to pay him a shitload of money. Like they gave him this monster four-year contract. I think it's uh, th- uh, three years of it. It's like almost fully guaranteed at seventy million dollars. It's a lot of money. He's now the highest-paid uh, receiver in the NFL. It had Stephon Diggs tweeting out, "What the hell is going on?" Cooper Cup's got to be looking at his contract, saying, "What the hell is going on?" But Tyreek Hill is officially a Miami Dolphin, pairing up with Jalen Waddle, Mike McDaniel, Tua by Loa. Michael Daniel's building something there. And I tweeted an hour before this trade went down. If Miami can get Tyreek Hill for the picks 29 and 50 without also giving up Jalen Waddle or Javon Holland, who I feel like are their two most valuable players not on rookie contract outside of Tua Bailoa, it's a massive win for them. And guess what? Only a handful of day three picks in addition to the 29 and 50. I think that's a massive, massive win for a Miami Dolphins team that, similar to the Raiders, is not now vaulting to the top of the AFC East odds, is not expected to win that division, but immediately becomes more competitive and answers the biggest question. Yeah. Is Tua Tungavailoa good? A- a- or not answers, but like helps answer that question in developing him and giving him you know, what we say about all quarterbacks on rookie contract. Give him no excuses. He's got Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Mike Gisicki's back on the franchise tag. They've added to the offensive line, with Teron Armstead, they brought in this offensive-minded coach in Mike McDaniel. It's time to put up or shut up for Tua.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'll just say I'm a little surprised that Chiefs didn't get more. This was absolutely all near identical to the package the Green Bay Packers got for Devonta Adams. I think our pick value chart has it about the first, second, and fourth of this year darn near equal, with the fourth and sixth next year being like icing on the cake compared to what the Packers got in return because it's pick twenty-two versus pick twenty-nine, which is the big difference there. But that's not a massive difference in terms of our pick value chart. So, Chiefs come away with a little more, but. Hill a year younger, I think you could maybe argue Hill's game may not age as well as Adam's game does. Far more reliant on that athleticism and that uh, ability that, you know, at 32 years old, by the end of this deal, is he going to be still that elite of an athlete? I mean, no. Realistically, that doesn't happen. No one reaches till then. But can he still win over the course of that span? Probably. I mean, by the time he hits 32, he's probably still going to be a productive receiver. So, my opinion, this one... Massive win for the Dolphins, and for the Chiefs side of things, I think Tyreek Hill is a little more valuable to them than Devontae Adams is to the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, the Packers ran their offense through him, but Hill opened up Hill opened up stuff for Kelsey as well. Like Hill's deep threat was crucial to how game teams had the game plan for this offense. So, I'm not sure you're ever going to see. What we saw from 2018 through 2019, just that dominant, another level offense that no one could stop. That, that set the record for most straight games with 24 points. Um, and I just don't think that's going to exist without the duo of Tyree Kill and Patrick Holmes. So that's, I think you just see the Chiefs' offense take a step back. But it's they needed the cap space, and this was what they paid for last off season. They went out and spent gobs of money on that offensive line to fix that to make sure they didn't have what happened in the super bowl back in 2020 and now all of a sudden it's cost them a lot of money like they were not going to be able to fit his contract travis chris jones contract pat Clark's contract in 2023 if mm-hmm. they would have re-signed to this they just couldn't do it so you flip them get the picks back and with miami dolphins now you got the fastest offense in the nfl that's not even a debate they have the fastest offense he had raheem mostert in mm-hmm. the mix to this offense as well my lord
0: I was talking to Eric Eager, a data scientist here at PFF, also famously known for being a Chiefs fan, and his coping strategy right now has been, they just freed up $20 million in cap space, and they're the number one team in available cap space right now. That's worth a first round pick to me, and now that could be a bit of a coping strategy, but like, where they're at right now, they knew that they weren't going to be able to maintain this, why not? You know, move on from Tyree Kill at the peak of his market or whatever it may be. My, my reaction is the same as yours. Like, How do you not get more? How do you not get more for Tyree Kill? The 29th and 50th overall pick just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Mm-hmm. I every, When I first sent that tweet out about if the Dolphins can do this, it'd be a huge win. A lot of people are like, are you kidding me? There's no way that's all it is. It should be a future first. Mm-hmm. They should get Jalen Phillips back in return or Emmanuel Ogba back in return. Maybe they should offer Jalen Waddle. The fact that, again... A handful of day three picks, 29 and 50, that is a huge win for Miami. And while Kansas City Chiefs fans cope with this and realize, like, yeah, the cap space is real and we weren't going to be able to keep them anyway, it's still like you had to have hoped you got a little bit more in return. And I also really don't understand, so they made this th- decision where like Tyreek Hill gets to choose where he goes. Do they not have control of that? I guess, do they not want the Jets offer instead, where you get two top 40 picks rather than the 29 and 50? I don't know. Like, I think there's it, – it's interesting that they let him kind of choose, which it maybe is some respect to him for winning Super Bowl in Kansas City, whatever it is. A couple questions off of that. Some people were saying, why not just trade Travis Kelsey now? The reaction I have to that is, like, what do you even get for Travis Kelsey at 32 years old, 33 years old? Are no, you, don't trade Travis. I mean, you're still a good team. I yeah, yeah you're, cra- you're still the you second not blowing it up, it up yeah, by yeah. any
1: means. And, and Travis Kelsey, again, much older. Like, this is – and the usage in that offense to me is he's more valuable to them than he would be to anyone else, whereas Tyreek Hill is universally valuable with yeah. that speed.
0: Well, I'm excited to talk division by division here. I do think that the Miami Dolphins, I don't know if you'd call it like winning this trade. I do think it's a big win for them, though. I think it's a big win to making them more competitive and limiting, limiting maybe not eliminating, but limiting excuses for the development of Tarantino. That's, it, by that's law.
1: it. That's the biggest thing there is add in Tron Armstead to this mix, add in Tron Armstead and Connor Williams. and Hopefully, the upgrade to an off the line that's going to be serviceable, to where serviceable off the line, the fastest weapons in the entire NFL. There is no excuse. Two is not good this year, you know. And not only do you know two is not good this year, but you've created a very attractive situation for other quarterbacks. As we've seen, you can find quarterbacks elsewhere, and especially if someone wants to leave and go to a different team, you create an environment that people will want to go to. Yeah, now if Tua is not the guy for
0: you. Handful more things on this Tyree kill trade I wanted to touch on. There's a, there's some moments of save your likes today. Oh. Craziest offseason ever is a massive save your likes moment right now on Twitter. Do not like those tweets. Yeah, it's the craziest off season ever. Who cares? Also, freezing cold takes or old takes exposed put a tweet out on PFF where we've like, Where they show like we've consistently... I say we because I've worked with... Oh, Mike has it up or Quinn has it up on the YouTube where we've consistently used the the phrase who's stopping this offense. Who's stopping this offense is a peak save your likes tweet. It's a peak save your likes tweet. Why PFF continues to do it, I'm going to shout out our uh, guy who runs our social media, Zach Tantillo. Why we consistently do it? I went back and looked at all like 20 of the tweets PFF main account has sent with that caption. The average likes for those, 5,000 likes. Today, we sent, who's stopping this Miami Dolphins offense, 12,000 likes. PFF's a data-driven company. If you want us to stop using the same fucking caption, (laughs) stop stop liking the goddamn tweet. There are other times where I I was looking at this for our guy, Zach Tantillo, this social media Mm -hmm. team. I was looking at this, and I was like, we've used other similar captions. Who's stopping this potential Cincinnati Bengals offense? Only 1,200 likes. Imagine what this offense could do same type of image only 900 likes. Guess what this offense could do next off season? 900 likes. Who's stopping this offense? Average is 6k. So, freezing cold takes, I love that tweet from them. It's hilarious, whatever. Yeah. But I just hope you know it's a data driven decision. That's a save That's a peak save it likes caption and the only reason we continue to send it is you guys continue to crave it up.
1: And also everyone today mentioning to his arm. Mm. That was a peak like Oh, Tua, if only Tua could hit him. Yeah. If only Tua had the arm strength to hit these guys. As if Tyreek Hill didn't turn Alex Smith into the second most prolific deep ball thrower back in 2017. It's last year with the Chiefs. He had the second most deep yards in the NFL. Alex Smith. They like at some point weapons like those two, They create themselves. You know, it all you don't need a cannon to hit a guy who's got the kind of basic. Cru- that Tyreek Hill can generate down the field.
0: Mike, just a a question to you on that same vein. Because a lot of people are like, wow, this is going to be such a good thing for Teddy Bridgewater. Or to a time ago, it's it's not going to be able to hit these deep balls. Do you know who led the SEC in deep passing yards in 2018? It was, Tua it was Tua a It was Tua Do you know who ranked third in the Power 5 and deep passing yards in 2018 when he had the re- like an actual receiving core? It's it was Tua Tungvalua. Like Everyone, I get that he doesn't have this big arm. He had a 97.5 PFF grade on deep throws that season. 32 I, of 58 for 1,200 yards and 16 TDs. It, like, is his arm weaker than Joe Burrow's? I mean, I don't think it is. It's probably not. They're about the same. I mean, it's marginally weaker maybe. Maybe. It, Again, you're, you're splitting at hairs all. at that point.
1: And Joe Burrow has fared fine. Third most prolific deep passer last season.
0: Now, am I predicting that Tua Tagovailoa, with the addition of Tyree Hill, leads the NFL in deep passing yards? No, but I also think it's been like overstated, like how much he can't hit the deep ball. Yeah. Like in 2018, when he had like that insane offense, yeah, right at, at Alabama, he was able to live up to the hype. Yeah. So I mean,
1: I mean, I'm not standing for him saying he's going to be a franchise guy whatsoever. But this is also I'm saying why we advocate for adding weapons like Tyree Hill, Jalen Waddle, adding guys rounding out a receiving core with almost foolproof talent that any quarterback can hit them like guys like that any like the jamar chase of the world with how open they can get a lot of quarterbacks are going to look good that's why we advocate for such a thing
0: i, I this is the last comment i'll have on the yeah. trade i because it's difficult honestly to compare this trade to the DeAndre Hopkins trade, the Devontae Adams trade, or even the Amari Cooper trade, which I think looks worse and worse as we continue to progress here, <laughs> only a fifth-round pick for Christ, Amari Cooper yeah. continues to look insane. I'm not saying Amari is as good as Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he's as good as Devontae Adams, but only a fifth, that big of a disparity. They got three picks the Dolphins gave up prior to that fifth to get... Tyreek Hill. <laughs> That's insane. That's you know? insane. Either way, the last thing I'll say on it is I do think it's difficult to talk about winners and losers, like obvious winners and losers for this trade, because Tyreek Hill is different. It's not – like it, yeah. what he does for an offense is different. Casey Hayward is active on Twitter, and he replied to – I think it was a Darius Phillips tweet. Not Darius Phillips. Who am I th- – he's been on our show. Darius – Butler. Darius Butler Debo. tweet out saying that's going to suck for the Chiefs or whatever. And then Kerry Seher would say it's 100% different. No one wants to play man coverage against the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill. It changes completely what defenses do. That, I think, is more different than Devontae Adams. You've had conversations in the past that yeah. Tyreek Hill might be the better receiver than Devontae Adams for what he does for an offense. So I do think it's not as simple as like comparing it to Devontae Adams or some of these other trades because Tyreek Hill is legitimately different in what he offers an offense. And now with Jalen Waddell there too – that's a dangerous, dangerous team. It has potential, man. Mike McDaniel and Tua Tagovailoa have a lot of potential in their hands to like build something insane. Are they going to win the AFC East? Probably not. I think they're still plus seven hundred or, or plus six fifty to win that division. But man, I think they could do some damage. Division, ooh, go ahead. do
1: some damage is a classic. Classic take, sweet. Yeah. All right, I'm going to say it right now. They are going damage. to
0: finish. They are going to finish third in the AFC East. I still think the Patriots win more games. Who knows? All right, this is now. Our division power rankings. What we did here is we looked at every single division and we picked how we feel the division is going to end up, one, two, three, and four, and then our best bet using odds from DraftKings Sportsbook within that division. Now, that best bet is not always, I'm betting this because I think they're going to win the division, but it's betting this because the odds make sense and yes, all that kind of yes, stuff. Yes, I'm explaining yes. betting to people, which is kind of fucked up. Well done. Before we do, this, this uh, podcast is presented by Manscaped. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their... So I, can't- I think the read needs to change. I can't just say today I'm excited to announce. This isn't their
1: their – they've had better reads. It's
0: launched. It's launched, though. It's like I'm not saying today I'm excited to announce. It's been announced. Manscaped launched their ultra-premium collection. (laughs) Believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist now trust them with the rest join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscape.com for 20% off plus for shipping with code pff i'd recommend using the products in this order hop in the shower and scrub it up dub that body with the manscape body wash lather your hair up with a two-in-one shampoo conditioner to keep your noggin togging dry off and spray on the hydrating hydrating body moisturizer to reinvigorate dry skin Put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons. Pop the Manscaped lip balm on. No one is out here kissing chapped lips. Getting dressed after is optional. Wear one great scent all day long. Get 20% off plus for shipping with code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus for shipping with code PFF at manscaped.com. That's power of traction. Now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. Now, one thing I do think that men could struggle with is communicating to their partner that they did purchase Manscaped using the promo code PFF listening to the Tailgate podcast. Because we're kind of... We're kind of assholes. You know what I mean? And I don't think we talk about the read highly. I just think convincing your partner that, like, hey, I did I this. think you just
1: don't talk about it. You don't have you to You can't talk anything. about it. That's what yeah. I'm saying.
0: It has to be kind of a silent assassin. It
1: just, it's just assumed yeah. sort of thing.
0: It, but if you live together with your partner and you don't have Manscaped yet, I do think that's a collective decision. She's going to notice the ball deodorant and the chap lips and the, the noggin. If your Toggin. noggin's togging and you live with her, it's going to be a different story. Yeah. First division up to bat, AFC West way I have it, right now... Have you heard they're good this year? I've heard the AFC West is good this year. The AFC West is insane. Uh, right now, the DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook has the odds to win the division at... Chiefs still favored at plus 165. Broncos second at plus 220. Russell Wilson's Broncos. LA Chargers at plus 275. And then the Las Vegas Raiders, who were formerly plus 1,000 to win the division when Devontae Adams was a Green Bay Packer, now plus 700, fourth place still to win the division uh, at plus 700. I have it finishing... The Chiefs not winning this division. I do not agree that they should be the favorite. Honestly, the Chargers I have finishing first. I, I think the Chargers finish first, Chiefs finish second, Broncos third, and Raiders fourth. I know I've had some conversations oh, on what? this podcast. I you said Raiders. I know third, I've had some happens? conversations on this podcast that the Raiders could do it out and get third ahead of the Broncos. But I do think that the and I think it's because I don't have really good reasoning why the Broncos will be shit outside of I just think it's a lot of newness, like Russell Wilson coming yeah. over to the Broncos and it being a new coach and a new quarterback. All that I think it's going to be. Hard to like quickly hit the ground running, right? So it's, it's the same, not not the same, but similar to the conversation I had with about the Jaguars mm-hmm. last year. Jaguars like it's so much newness, and yeah, you got this good quarterback, and you've added talent, and all this stuff. But a lot of newness at the same time. It can take a while for things to hit, Definitely. and I think I could see that. I think could see that with the Broncos, but I don't think that's good enough reasoning to position them as the fourth team in the division, especially with DraftKings having them as the second bank, do- second best odds win division. How I see it is Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. Best bet, obviously, if I think the Chargers are going to win it, I like Chargers plus two, plus two seventy five. To win the AFC West,
1: I went Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders. Chiefs go to third in the division. Now, now, and I have the Chargers at plus two seventy five as my favorite bet. Now, let me just explain this a little bit. I obviously I've been banging the table for Tyreek Kill and his value. He, to me, he's the most valuable offensive player outside the quarterback position in the NFL. So that's he's a paid massive. Like it now. There's no, there's <laughs> no like figuring it out without him. It's a massive loss to not kind of cobble together. But just look around this division. They now have, they don't have a number one receiver. Everyone else in this division has number one receivers. I guess you could call Travis Kelsey that, but even still, like, it's not quite the same as a traditional number one receiver. You don't have a pass, an edge rush whatsoever at the the moment. You don't have a great cornerback group whatsoever and you look at the pass rushes around this division with the Raiders now with Chandler Jones Max Crosby with the Broncos, Broncos yikes with Bradley the Broncos. Chubb, Randy Gregory the Chargers Khalil Mack Joey Bosa you don't have a right tackle at the moment if you're the Kansas City Chiefs you lost your best cornerback from last year yeah you have a luxurious need but you have to cobble together something at the cornerback position and moves are still to be made this is obviously they now have some cap space to work with maybe they go out and sign Stephon Gilmore and we're talking about this differently but
0: as it stands right now,
1: they are the third-best team in that division, in my opinion.
0: Damn. Kansas City Chiefs are the third-best division. There's only that. so much
1: credence you can still give to we just having the, Mahomes and Andy Reid, We brought know? up the
0: PFF social team a little bit. Put that on a quote graphic. The Chiefs are officially the third-best team in the AFC West. You
1: don't, but that is the, thing. <laughs> the, the thing that's unsaid there is they do have space. They will be making more moves now after this. Do you think they're you a, will be a going, candidate yeah.
0: to land Julio Jones? Uh,
1: well, MVS is visiting them. He could replace some of that speed. Not even close to the same speed. Don't even mention them in the same breath. But he can replace, have that vertical threat in the offense. I do think they go out and get a cornerback on the open market, and I do think they sign a couple, if not, or one, if not two, veteran edge rushers like Melvin Ingram back, something like that.
0: We didn't talk a lot about the picks that they picked up and what they could do with them. They now pick 29th and 30th, I believe, in the 2022 NFL Draft. And I was running through PFS. Love, love, love those back to backs. Love those back to backs.
1: Do you, do you have to officially declare one ahead of the other? Absolutely. Because it matters it's, for money. Yeah, Duh. it does. You, you can't just
0: fucking... Well, you think this is fairytale? But you could yet?
1: announce them at the same time, right? I don't think so. They, they can announce them at the same time. You think? Because no, one's, I no think one to come in and get your... The
0: pick. NFL's not going to let them do that. They need to draw this puppy out and give that guy his shine. It's like this guy's moment of getting drafted I'll in the NFL and he famous. just like gets bucketed with some of dude. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we didn't talk about what they're going to do. I was going through PFF's mock draft simulator, which you haven't gone to yet. Go check it out, pff.com slash mock. There is going to be an update to it soon, too. That's going to be pretty freaking sick. But before we get into that, I don't know how one of the top five receivers really falls to them, right? I, I sent out a tweet today saying, I think there's a good chance Drake London of USC, both the Ohio State receivers and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, the Alabama receiver and Jameson Williams, even with the injury, and then even Arkansas's Traylon Burks could be off the board by then, especially with the Green Bay Packers picking twice ahead of them now, and that's not saying they'll pick two receivers, but they probably pick one. Yeah. Are they going to be looking at George Pickens of Georgia, maybe Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore in that spot rather than any of those top five? I think that's a really good chance.
1: Yeah, the wide receiver neediness towards the back end of the first round just grew. So, so where they're sitting, they might be left hanging because of like you said.
0: Would you advocate at all for them to trade up with the capital that they have to go get a guy, or is it not that important? Say they do sign Marquez Valdez, Scantling, but no one else, and it's Scantling, Josh Gordon, and Juju Smith-Schuster going into the year with Travis Kelsey obviously there. Do they have to go make a play, or do they stay put? If
1: Jamison Williams is like in the mix, if it's not too much, if you can like flip a fourth up to go get him, sure, by all means, jump the Packers, whatever, but... I don't think there's a lot of – I do think it's a deep wide receiver class that you might as well just take the guy that falls to you if
0: that's not the case, if if there's not a unique guy at the top. Someone did highlight in the YouTube channel, and I appreciate everyone watching live on YouTube, what about Josh Ross? Or not Josh Ross, John Ross. John Ross coming in and – Tyreek Hill. Yeah,
1: replacing some of that speed. I mean, sure, go ahead and sign John Ross. love – wait, I don't want anyone to sign John Ross so we can tell the John Ross We have to tell the
0: John Ross. Is he on the team?
1: He's currently a free agent,
0: I believe. Uh oh, it could be the time for the John Ross story, the infamous John Ross story from the two four one drafts era. He is currently a free agent. No one's currently him. a free agent. If he go, if we go into the season, I think we launch it. Yeah. Week one, week one, week one is the deadline. If he's not on a team by week one, we launch the John Ross story into the ether. Um, the story I knew that he was doomed to. not We have to also practice guys. telling that story because it's kind of rough.
1: It's rough. Yeah.
0: All right. Anyway, moving to the AFC South. I have it going Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. Now, and I think this division is close. The DraftKings currently has, I think the Titans and Colts tied at plus 120 to win the AFC South. Jaguars at plus 650, which I think is rich. If you're betting Jaguars plus 650 to win that division, that is, in my opinion, a little scary. You're... I'm not going to say burning money because I don't want to be put on old takes exposed with who's stopping this offense, but I'm not betting the Jacksonville Jaguars at plus 650. I'm sorry. And then the Houston Texans are dead last at plus 2200. I have the Titans beating out the Colts. I think the best quarterback in that division plays for the Tennessee Titans. I think they have good weapons still with A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. I think the Titans win that one. I do not have f- faith in the Colts winning it with Matt Ryan, though I think it will be close. I think the odds are really just in that the Colts and the Titans are plus 120. Now, I think the best bet, however, is not either of those teams. The best bet, and I'm probably going to look like a fool for this, the best bet is plus 2,200 the Texans wins this division. The it's just absurd odds. No other team in the NFL has worse odds to win their own division than plus 1,100. Like, that's insane. Or I guess the Jets at plus 2,200 also. But, like, plus 2,200 when there isn't an obvious favorite to win the division, I think is kind of insane. They like, had the one
1: seed in the division last year.
0: Well, I, I, but the Titans aren't even favored to win it. Like the at least in the AFC East with the Jets at plus twenty two hundred, the Bills are minus one ninety to win. Like everyone's like, yeah, the Bills are going to win. You could see some attrition here between the Colts and Titans, and the but Texans th- scoot out. This
1: no, this isn't like the NFC East from a couple of years ago, where the best where the Washington. Football team wins it. Yeah, well, that's like, why the NFC still East. Like, you no, know,
0: that's why the NFC East. The the lowest ranked team in odds is at plus six fifty, and I get that. I still think that the best bet. I wouldn't put a whole unit on it. Maybe just a half is is rooting for Davis Mills and this Houston Texans team officially reset from a culture perspective, ready okay. to go compete against a Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan led division. I'm saying the best bet still is Houston Texans plus twenty two hundred. Okay. Not your mortgage. I'm not saying your rent. Okay, put five dollars on it. And let's see where we go.
1: I am going <laughs> Colts to win the division, Titans to finish second, Jaguars third, Texans fourth. But my best bet's the Jaguars. Because you're going from the worst coaching situation in the NFL, a team that was just like
0: You're picking as bad the Jags. As
1: down as bad as possible. And for as much as they overpaid, they still did add talent to this roster. And the thing is, they could easily and quite clearly have the best quarterback in this division. Is the thing. Oh. They may, like, if Trevor Lawrence is who he was thought to be, and you've, if you add any upgrades to this offensive line whatsoever, and and they kind of have, Brandon Scherf, whatever, if guys take steps forward and you have a better, not a good receiving core, but better, if Trevor Lawrence takes the next step, I mean, we saw what he did week 18 to the Colts. If he looks like that in year two consistently, and you just end the low end games, I mean, plus 650, they're not that far off. And they could have a dynamic pass rushing duo with Aiden Hutchinson and Josh Allen next season. So I do think there's reason to believe, and obviously with the better coaching staff, with Doug Peterson, who I have more faith in than whatever they were throwing out last year. So plus 650, I just don't think they're that far off, which you were saying, that's the worst odds of like around the NFL Mm -hmm. is somewhere in that range. That's, I don't think it's that long of a shot when Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence.
0: I have doubts. I have doubts. I'm not but, betting Jacks plus 650. Yeah. Now, I could be just as big of an idiot betting Texans plus 2200, but it's uh, obviously those are very different odds. On the AFC East, I've already kind of hinted at this division, but how DraftKings has is the Bills are a dramatic favorite. I think they have the best... Odds of any favorite. No, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at minus 280, and then the yeah. Buffalo Bills are minus 190 to win their own division. Dolphins and Patriots are tied for second in odds at plus 400, and then the Jets, viewed very similar to the Texans in their division, at plus 2200. How I have it going, Bills winning the division. I don't think that changes. Mm-hmm. I think there is maybe some reason with Brian Table leaving, like maybe there's some reason for like more doubt than minus 190, and I don't think I'm going to highlight the Bills as my favorite bet at mm-hmm. minus 190 for that reason, but I still ultimately think if I was going to, at equal odds, I'm putting Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Dolphins finishing second, which I think is a mighty bet on Tua Tungvaluwa, and a mighty bet on Mike McDaniel working out right out of the gate. My favorite bet, obviously with the Dolphins finishing second, is Dolphins at plus 400 to win the division. That's a lot. Plus 400? Plus 400 to win the division? I know the Bills are dramatic favorites, but man, they could hit literal lightning in a bottle with Mike McDaniel, and now adding Tyreek Hill. I like them better than plus 400, though I do see at equal odds the Bills winning the division.
1: Yeah, the, the Bills being so minus one ninety implied odds of like sixty five percent is just a, It's a hefty, hefty burden for yeah. They're they're very good, but I think this is a improved division. Whether it's Dolphins, Patriots with Mac Jones going into year two, to where someone could test them. I still have the Bills winning, but the Dolphins finishing second, Patriots third, Jets fourth. And my favorite bets: the Dolphins at plus four hundred. I, I do think that the Tyreek Hill effect is real I think you'll see Tua and obviously in the year three which didn't really have much of a rookie year after coming off that hip injury that was a unique sort of start to his career to where this is his year three is kind of his year two to where you could see a bump in play and especially in a different offense that doesn't have two offensive coordinators so I like the offensive plus 400 is the best bet in this division
0: Last AFC division here is the AFC North, and we view this division exactly the same. I have right now, or DraftKings has the division as the Browns as the favorite, obviously with Deshaun Watson now under center for the Cleveland Browns. They are plus 175 to win the division. Bengals are plus 200. Who went to the Super Bowl last year, I'll mind you. Baltimore Ravens third in odds at plus 225, and they're really giving the Steelers no chance at plus 850, which I think does make sense. Not an obvious winner at quarterback there in Pittsburgh. I had the division going, however. Bengals, who are plus 200, to win the division. The Ravens second, and the Browns third, actually, with the Steelers rounding it out. I think the best bet there is Bengals plus 200, the Bengals got a lot better this off season. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is vastly improved. Love the re-signing of B.J. Hill. They still have an opportunity to add someone early in the draft, a top thirty pick or top, uh, you know, in the at the back end of the first round. I, I I don't understand why we're so quick to name the Browns as the favorite, especially and you've highlighted this a thousand times. We don't know what the suspension is going to be for Deshaun Watson. Now, knowing the NFL, I think we're going to be disappointed by the number of games he's ultimately suspended. However. You have to assume if he's going to be suspended at all it's at least 4 6 maybe 8 games at yeah. least you have to assume that. There's no way the NFL hands down just a 2 game suspension for Deshaun Watson. I, I, now I might I might be I might be eating these words. He might not get suspended at all for all we fucking know. That's one Saint Jude's. That in my opinion However, I'm baking in the fact that like, I'm not ready to bet them until I know the suspension, and if I'm assuming what the suspension is, I think it could put them in a big enough hole, maybe not to miss the playoffs, but to, to miss the, win, the division wins. And that's
1: the thing is that this division's good enough that it's not like they're a lock. this isn't like the Bucks in the south where if he plays, it's a cakewalk, or the Packers in the north, where you think that they're quite clearly the best team in that division. It's a, it's a dogfight even if he's healthy for 17 games. So – for me, to, for the odds to be so skewed towards them, or not so skewed, but skewed towards them, I disagree with that. I, I, like I said, I have the same order, and I like the Bengals plus 200 is the best bet in that division.
0: There we go. We see this, the vision the same. Uh, NFC West. Before we get to the NFC West, can I remind you that this podcast is sponsored by Western Southern Financial Group. While you focus on your roster moves, Western Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home, plan to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow. Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. We're going to go through every division now in the NFC West, South, South east and north in that order but before we do I want to remind tailgaters or mastergaters people who listen to the show that if you rate review and subscribe to the podcast send me a screenshot of that review in twitter or instagram I'm giving away draft guides I've given away a handful I'm willing to give away more make sure you review uh leave a five-star review and drop a comment on apple podcast or spotify send me that dm on twitter or instagram we'll get a draft guide sent to you now nfc west
1: the be- the the formerly Good division in the NFL.
0: Second best division in football? No, probably the North, AFC North. Now, AFC North is the second best division in football. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. For the NFC West, the way DraftKings currently sees this division as the Rams' favorite at plus one hundred and sixty. This, these odds, I don't understand. And Mike, I'm gonna have to. I need you to help me. The Rams are plus one hundred and sixty to win the division. Mm -hmm. The Niners are second at plus one hundred and eighty to win the division. Cardinals third at plus three hundred. Seattle Seahawks at plus 1,000. I do not understand how the Cardinals could be that low. And I've faded the Cardinals in my day. You know, I was a member of the Red Flock Sea. Or not a member. Exclusively outside of the Flock. I don't understand how they could be this low. The best bet here is Cardinals plus 300. I don't... I, I, they... Yeah, you had the Kyler Murray stuff, but he's coming back. And, like, DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. Like, this team didn't get significantly better over the offseason. Yeah, they lost Christian Kirk and let the Jags, Jaguars pay him a ton of money. But I still think it's a really good football team. And now they've kind of deteriorated down the stretch and I think people have like had that bad taste in their mouth. But like my best bet is Cardinals plus three hundred win this division. I honestly see them finishing second if given equal odds. I have it Rams, Cardinals, Niners, Seahawks. Why are the Niners at plus one eighty when there's question marks at quarterback? We don't know if Jimmy G is going to start for them. If it's Trey Lance, do you still give them plus one eighty second best odds? You think the Niners with Trey Lance have better odds to win the division than the Cardinals? Yes.
1: Wow. I yes. Um I mean, the 49ers went to the NFC Championship game. I know with Jimmy G.
0: We don't know what Trey with Lance defense.
1: is. Well, their defense didn't give a shit what Jimmy G did. But I scored, mean, like they didn't even score 20 points in any of those. Games, I guess that's fair.
0: I mean, maybe, maybe I just don't. I just think there's so. Much. I mean, there's question marks under center, and anytime they're to have that many question marks under center, not just in who it's going to be, but also like yeah. if it is Trey Lance, what that's going to look like. No, well, Mike McDaniel. No, but no Mike McDaniel. They still
1: have Jimmy G. Like they.
0: I know, they but have. like, do and you think Jimmy G. is going to play for San Francisco? We've had this conversation before. You don't.
1: I don't, but, I mean, they still do have him. So if they, get, if they trade him, they're going to get something back. And if they just cut him, they're going to get cap space back and get more players. So I do think that that's fair, and that's a team I'd bet, honestly, plus 180 really? because wow. Trey Lance, again, second-year quarterbacks, does it, from what we saw the last game he played against, was it the Texans they played? I can't remember now exactly. The game he played started at the end of the year. If you get that guy for 17 games next year, you would win. You could win that division, especially with that defense. It's going to be one of the better defenses in the NFL next season. So, yeah, I like the 49ers with that number. I think they win the division, honestly. 49ers, and Rams, and Cardinals, and Seahawks is how I have them ordered. And the Cardinals just – they took the offseason off. They haven't done shit. Like, they, they signed Jeff Gladney. Let, obviously, Chandler Jones walk. So, J.J. Watt coming back, can you rely on him? I don't know. I, I just – I don't trust that defense to hold up in against the two offices of that division, the 49ers and the Rams, honestly.
0: Maybe I'm high. Maybe I'm high again, not fading the Cardinals. I've been known That's as Cardinals. a Cardinals fader, but now I, I feel good about plus 300 for them to yeah. win that division. I like it more than I like the 49ers at plus 180, as I've noted. NFC South. I see it very similar to how the how DraftKings sees it. DraftKings has the Bucks winning minus 280. That's by far the like the – best odds to win a division right minus 280 saints Mm -hmm. are at plus 450 falcons are plus a thousand panthers at plus 1100 now i I don't have a best bet for this one because i don't like betting a team to win a division at minus 280 like tom brady gets hurt you just lost a lot of you didn't lose a lot of money theoretically but you lost what you bet right and then you could see what and they could still win this division with a brady injury who knows but i don't like betting futures at minus 280 that's for sure so I don't have a best bet, but I do see it going Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Panthers the same way DraftKings does.
1: Mm-hmm. I have Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons.
0: Oh, Falcons not, finishing last.
1: Not Yeah, I think the Panthers, I mean, just that defense gives them a leg up over the Falcons, in my opinion, even if they are starting Sam Darnold. But I think the Saints at plus 450 isn't a terrible bet. I, I do think that obviously they gave the Bucks have given the Bucks fits over the past two years for sure. And Jameis, back healthy, massive upgrade. They would have made the playoffs if Jameis was healthy all last season. They would have. And so they brought back pretty much that core. Now they lost left tackle, Tron Armstead. He was not a pinnacle of health, but still have to cobble together the left, t- left tackle position, TBD on how they do that. But I do think that this team at plus 450, it wouldn't be crazy for me to see them win the division. But, yeah, the Bucks are quite clearly should be the biggest division favorite. Uh, in the NFL.
0: NFC East. This is probably the most fun division to bet. I think the it's the Giants are the last ranked team, it's still only plus six fifty to win the division. Dallas Cowboys are favorite at minus one fifteen. Eagles at plus three fifty. Washington commanders at plus four hundred, and then the Giants at plus six fifty. I see it going you know, again, very similar to how DraftKings has it. I have Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, Giants, but I think the best bet or no, I have I'm sorry. I have Cowboys, Eagles... No, yeah. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, Giants. I think the best bet is still Cowboys minus 115. (laughs) Like, I said this last year about the Cowboys winning the NFC East and that I think the Cowboys are the best team to bet to win the NFC East. And that was when they were like plus 130 at minus 115 I still like them they have the best quarterback in the division period and obviously they lose Amari Cooper they lose Lael Collins that there's there's you know mm-hmm. there's reason to believe that they lost Randy Gregory there's reason to believe they regressed but like they didn't regress at the most important position and they still have the best one I think Dak Prescott still comfortably makes them the favorite as DraftKings has it and I think at minus 115 I still think there's value I don't see how the Eagles or commanders or especially not the Giants like overcome that unless Dak gets hurt and maybe that's what you're banking into
1: yeah I agree with you on all those points. I I don't see the Cowboys losing this vision as much as they've taken a step back. Yeah, I, I don't see the Eagles. I don't see a huge step forward from the Eagles. Yeah, they're going to they have a bunch of draft capital, but our three first round picks. The, the chances of yeah, you might get one of those guys who's a key contributor, but it's rare, just rare that any rookie comes in and makes a massive impact on your football team. And so, if you're looking for a guy who's going to make a massive impact on your football team, it should have happened right. It should just a guy you signed in free agency, um, guy you traded for. And, you know, they signed Son Reddick. That's about it for that football team. So I do think that Dallas Cowboys are still the class of that division. I still think the defense is good, even without Randy Gregory. Like, what Michael Parsons brings to the table, that was a home run slam dunk of a draft pick, revolutionized what they do defensively because he just creates so much problems for opposing offenses that, yeah this defense isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon
0: if i had to bet a non-favorite to win this division now I, I still believe that the best bet is dallas cowboys minus 115 i think it would be the eagles at plus 350 they do have three top 16 picks right like mm-hmm. they are, is it three top 16 picks my high the eagles yeah top 19 top 19, 19 picks the pick. they, they can get you know rookies like you said don't come in immediately impact but i, I think they do can improve that team significantly uh, with what they do in the draft, and Jalen Hurts obviously entering another year in the system, I think if I was going to bet a non-favorite, I think I'd lean into Philly. Now that completely flips the script on what, how I felt about Philly the previous year, where I got old takes exposed <laughs> for some uh, some Philadelphia Eagles slander. Now I'm not betting. You Carson think they're going to get the one overall pick? I'm sure. not betting Carson Wentz in the New York Giants to win that division. Now I can't wait for that to come out when we were able to like, talk about bets on who's a good bet to be the first overall pick because everyone like, hates if you pick any team but like the Lions or the Texans. Mm-hmm. But I think depending on where the Falcons' odds are, there could be some value there. Depending you where like, the Panthers beat the Panthers. Maybe the Panthers. Maybe the Panthers some value. Depends, like the odds, Depends where the Falcons' are.
1: I will say I like the Falcons' odds a lot.
0: All right, NFC North. I have the Packers finishing dead last in this division.
1: Bottoming out, this is the it's year over. they planned for.
0: Yeah, I have actually Aaron Rodgers retiring – right before the season starts or no when did Andrew Luck retire it's gonna be a day after Mm. that timing I think it was preseason right yeah Yeah, I think that's when Aaron Rodgers retires and then ultimately I think it's the Lions that win the division no I have Packers winning they're favored by a significant degree The, the way DraftKings sees it right now is Packers are minus 175 to win the division Vikings are plus 275 Bears at plus 750 and then Lions at plus 1200 which is kind of surprising again I go back to the Bills are minus 190 and the Jets are plus 2200 to win the AFC East the Packers are minus 175, and the Detroit Lions are plus 1,200. That's a lot of faith in the Lions. That's a lot of faith in the Lions. Yeah.
1: I honestly, Packers minus 175 is my favorite bet. I
0: have that list as my favorite bet, too. It's my
1: favorite bet of any of these. Like that, no, it's, it's not great odds that you're getting, obviously, but I don't see how another team wins. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's 100
0: bucks, wins 57 bucks. You're, you're
1: basically betting that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Or, or gets hurt if you're betting against them, if you're betting anyone else in this division. Because they have the best defense, they have the best offense. Like, it's, and it's really not particularly close in either of those avenues. That's
0: why I can't wait to, and we'll probably do more podcast episodes on this, when we're able to bet win totals. And we look at everyone's win total and we pick over-under, and I think we should track right. that this year, where you look at like their over-under on the win total. Because that, that gives you an opportunity to play yes or no, right? Or mm-hmm. like yes or no on the playoffs. Like With division, it's like you can't bet right now, the Packers not to win the division. You'd have to bet like one of those teams to pull it off. Yeah. But I, I have it right now finishing Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions, and I have the best bet as Packers minus 175.
1: I have Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. You
0: have the Bears the finishing Lions behind take the a Lions? Little step
1: forward. I think the Lions take a little step forward. I mean, they've got a very good offensive line now. Jared Goff as not good as he is. He's not a dumpster fire. And I think the defense is going to be much improved. So let me
0: go Lions in third love it i absolutely love it that was a fun exercise i'm glad you suggest that for this podcast in addition to obviously the tiger culture and all that stuff when you see us next i was gonna say hopefully uh,
1: hopefully we don't get usurped by more massive news again but yeah because a lot of people were, were,
0: on... were tagging us in tweets saying mike said this was not no news is gonna happen Tom for the storm, I was saying.
1: <laughs> well it's the storm rolls on in the nfl apparently. Storm. and we
0: haven't still haven't seen baker mayfield get traded
1: Yeah, that's true. That's going to shift the balance of power. (laughs) If he goes to the NFC, NFC's back.
0: I'm betting Seahawks because I think he's going to be a Seahawk. Who knows? We'll see how it only ends up. Um, I keep on saying the next time you see me, we'll be with a tattoo and a chain, but we have another podcast tomorrow. It's a bonus mailbag. episode. we're going to do a full mailbag, listener mailbag, speak pipes, trivia, all that stuff when we get back. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Send me screenshots of those reviews to get a draft guide. Um, Exciting stuff. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Brenner.